0: Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Church Online. My name is Omar, and I serve as lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And I'm today recording from the downtown campus. But today is a big day, because this weekend is Mother's Day weekend. And so happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. In fact, let's give it up for them right now. Yeah, we love you all, moms. Thank you so much for all you do, how you serve our families day in and day out, tirelessly, thank you so much for all that you do. We all love you. And I want to take the time to wish a happy Mother's Day to the two most important women in my life. Uh, first of all, obviously, it's my wife, Ashley. Uh, uh, sweetie, I'm just so proud of you the way that you are already being the best mom to a little baby girl, Camila, ever. And I see how you are already helping, nurturing her and, and teaching her things. And I'm just excited to see how you're going to help her grow in the ways of the Lord. Uh, so thank you so much for all you do. And I also want to wish a happy Mother's Day to my mom. Uh, Her name is Arlene and she goes to the Doral campus. And mom, I just want to thank you that from early on, from from my youth, from my younger days, you always brought me up in the ways of the Lord. And the reason that I am the man today, the reason I serve the Lord the way I do and the way that I really serve God's people in this way is largely because of you. So thank you so much for always supporting me and encouraging me and giving me all the love that I needed, all right? Well, listen, today on this Mother's Day, we are in our fourth week of this series called Survive and Thrive. You know, we just don't want to survive the Christian walk. You know, we want to thrive in it. We really just want to thrive in our walk with Christ. And so today, we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter two, verse 18 through 19, all right? So you just follow along wherever you find yourself today. Here's what the word says. It says this. It says, let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows or it's built up with a growth that is from God. That is the word of the Lord. You know, like I said earlier, today I'm at our, the beautiful downtown campus and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but our downtown campus is actually a historic building nestled in the heart of downtown Miami. And after almost hundred years of being in service, we knew that it was time to renovate and restore this building. And so last year we moved our downtown congregation all the way to Coral Gables to join the Coral Gables campus and we began renovations. We started from the outside, we resurfaced the entire outside, put new windows to the T of exactly how they were before. We did a new roof, hurricane impact windows, praise the Lord. Inside we have redone the entire foyer. Uh, We have created a, we're creating a state-of-the-art kits um, ministry. And inside of this worship center, we are restoring it to its pristine conditions like the day that it opened. And so it's gonna be such a beautiful, beautiful building. So if you live here in downtown Miami, in Miami Beach, Miami Shores, uh, Aventura, anywhere in this area, I would encourage you that when we open up again next year, that you make this your campus, because I'm telling you, it's gonna be a stunning place to come and worship the Lord. Now stay with me on this, because in the lot immediately next to us, they are building, get this, three huge skyscrapers. Yeah, in fact, one of those buildings is gonna be the tallest building in Florida. And so one day when I came down here just to see the progress of everything going on, I was utterly amazed at the way that they were preparing the place to build these massive buildings. Now, if you know anything about building big buildings, you know that the builders will never start off building on on top soil. Why? Because top soil is, is not solid. Top soil is too unstable, it's too shifty. Instead, they started digging down into the ground until they found something that is solid, namely solid rock. And so they began to dig and dig and dig and they dig, dug and dug some more, 120 feet worth until they found solid rock. And the moment they found that, they began to instill these huge beams into this rock where they would base that foundation And so the picture you're seeing right now, you see that there's water. All that water is the Biscayne Bay water coming out from under the ground. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, but once they instilled these beams into the solid rock, then they would go on to build the tallest building in Florida. Now, don't miss a point here because these builders knew better than to build on topsoil that was soft and unstable. Instead, they knew that they need to build on something that never changes, something that never shifts, something that never becomes unstable. And that is what? Solid rock. Now, family, let me just bring all of that that's taking place out there over to our teaching for today. Because folks, what an image of how we build the Christian life. And by that, I mean that just like these builders, listen, are determined to build on stable rock Instead of unstable ground, listen, just like that, and here's the big idea on this Mother's Day weekend. As we seek to build our Christian life, we need to be sure that we're building on stable ground and not on unstable ground. Now you may be out there right now you may be thinking, Pastor, what do you mean by that? I mean, what is unstable and what is stable? Because as I as I take this journey with the Lord, I wanna be sure that I'm building on stable, solid ground so that I can thrive in my walk with the Lord. So what is that? Well, we're gonna find out from Colossians chapter two, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter two and you can pull up your app, as well take out a journal, write down some notes. And today I have two thoughts for you on how to build the Christian faith in a way that you can thrive in your walk with the Lord, all right? So write this down as point number one. First, make sure that you do not build your faith on emotions, on emotions. Now, let's go to the passage for today. Let's do what it says. It says this. It says, let no one disqualify you or literally trip you up in your journey, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on on details about visions, puffed up without reason by his what? By his sensuous mind. In fact, circle that phrase, sensuous mind. Because evidently these people were being driven by the sensuous mind and they were seeking, and what they were seeking was an emotional experience. And family, that is what mysticism is all about. In fact, last week, Pastor Carlos did a phenomenal job teaching us God's word. And one of the things that he mentioned, one of the heresies that they were struggling with back in the day was this thing called mysticism, which is when they were seeking a higher or a deeper subjective emotional experience. And so what they would claim is that if you are able to experience these emotions, these experiences, that then you will have a mystical union with God that then then you will be closer to the Lord. And and here's some of the things that they were insisting on. Let's take a look. It says that they were insisting on what? Asceticism. Now, what in the world is asceticism, right? It's a word that we don't use often. Well, asceticism, it deals with having a low view of oneself. You see, so what these people were saying was, what they were advocating is that as that as long as you inflicted suffering upon yourself as long as you humiliated yourself if you if, it, if you caused harm to yourself some way somehow in all of that suffering and all of that humiliation that you would draw closer to God and so in other words it was really false humility but that's what they were saying and another thing that they were insisting on was this was the worship of what of angels now The worship of angels is something that plagued, the heresy that plagued the region of Colossae for a long, long time. See, there were different divisions within Judaism that had really elevated angels to an ungodly level. In fact, historians say that the archangel Michael was worshiped up to the eighth century, a long time. And so what they were saying is that when they were having these encounters with angels, that they would experience some amazing emotions that would draw them closer to God. And another thing that they were insisting, as you can tell, is this, is that they were going on detail about visions. So they were saying, listen, when we go into these trances, when we we have all these visions, man, that we get, we experience something so unique, some, some euphoric experience that draws us closer to God. And folks, here is the danger for God's people because they were begin to be tempted and lured by these people to seek a higher level of emotional experience. See, they were saying, listen, your relationship with God, listen, that's just not enough. That's boring. You gotta come and you gotta experience some of the emotions that we're experiencing. And friend, the reality is that even today, Listen, so many people are drawn to emotionalism, that emotionalism. I used to give you an extreme example of what I mean by that. You know, in the Philippines today, every single Good Friday, there are people who literally start hitting themselves. They start carrying a cross. They get nailed to the cross. They literally get crucified uh, to, to this cross and they're lifted up. Talk about asceticism, right? And then you have thousands upon thousands of people who come out to this whole thing and they start crying and they start wailing and they get caught up in these things and they think that by going through this whole thing, they're drawing closer to God. And you know, here in the States, even though we're not crucifying anybody, the reality is that so many people are in pursuit of an emotional experience. You know, I've seen so many people at church where they go to one church and man, they love it. They get pumped up. They're having all these experiences. And after a while, you know, all that, all that hype goes away. They get bored and they go to another church and they love this new church. They're excited about this new church. They're pumped about it. But you know what, after a while, even that goes away. And they go to another church and they go to another church and there's church hop seeking an emotional experience. And family, listen, here's the danger of the people of God seeking more and more emotional experiences. Write this down as letter A. Is that it can lead to a false sense of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. You remember that these people in Colossae were insisting that only those people who had experienced these things have, had reached a, a certain spiritual level. And folks, because we are emotional beings and you have emotions, and I have emotions, listen, it's easy for us to allow our emotions to be an indicator of where we are in our walk with God, of how mature we are in our walk with God, and even our standing before God. In fact, when you know, we're at church, it's easy for us to fall into the whole comparison game. And here's what I mean by that. You know, you, 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 we all know that brother, sister in Christ, that is super passionate about the Lord. They love the Lord. They're always excited and joyful. And when you see them, you're like, wow, like, man, they're always just so, they love the Lord so much. And so when you go into the worship center, you know, you're getting ready to worship God and you see them a couple rows ahead and they're there and they're worshiping God and just focused on him and singing loud and just with their arms raised in the air. And you're in this corner and you literally have like, like half a hand up, right? You're, you're, you're like venturing out, you have a, hand, have a hand up and you're looking at them and they're worshiping that way. And then the teaching comes and they're taking notes, they're excited, they're clapping, they're amening the pastor and all. And you're over here and you can barely open up the app. And listen, if you're that person that man, is super, loves to sing loud and raise your hand in worship and amen and clap, listen, more power to you! I love that. Listen, I love to worship like that. And when I'm on stage and I hear you amending and, and contributing and be, listen, I love it. It affirms me. I love it. So keep doing it. I'm de- I definitely love that. But here's what I would caution some other people. You know, when you see someone like that, right? With, it's easy for you to think, man, if I could rile up my emotions, then I'll be more spiritually mature. Then I could get to another level. And folks, that's not the case. We can't get to a point that we start riling up our own emotions to try to match other people thinking that we're gonna be more spiritually matured. I remember a long time ago, early on in my walk with the Lord, I was at a church that during the worship service, a guy starts running around the auditorium screaming. Yeah, he's just screaming. And I'm just watching him run around and then I have another guy in front of me in front of the stage just doing flips. And I'm just standing there thinking, wow, I got to get to that level, right? Because you start seeing, you start comparing where you're at, where someone else is at, and you think, man, if I could just rile myself up somehow, some way, then I'm going to be at their level. And so it's it's a dangerous thing to play that comparison game and and let your emotions be an indicator of, of where you are in your walk with God. But there's something else that takes place. Write this down as letter B it can also lead to spiritual pride. To spiritual pride. In fact, let's go back to the verse for a moment. It says, let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on on detail about visions, and what's the next word? Yeah, yeah, puffed up. Everyone say puffed up, yeah. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. See, notice these people, that they were walking around, and they were literally puffed up. They were puffed up because in their mind, they're thinking, man, because we've experienced all these different things. Listen, we're better than the people of God. You know, we're better than those people who are not experiencing these things. And so family, can I tell you, the same thing could happen to you and I. You know, when you're having a really good day, when you're joyful, when you're passionate about something, when you're just really encouraged and you see somebody else that is not as joyful you as it's as, 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 as not as joyful, joyful as you, that they're not as pumped as you, that they're not really on that high, whatever the case may be, it's easy for you, for you to say, for me to say, for us to say, they must not love God as much as I do. You know, they they must not, you know, they must not be as you know, no, no truth as much as I do. Not, they might not be as theologically sound as I am. They might not just be as surrendered to the Lord as I am. You see, you see, sometimes in the way we are, it can easily come to a point where we compare ourselves to another and we can even develop spiritual pride. So you see the danger of relying too much on our emotions. Listen, it, it, it's, they're too shifty, they're too unstable. But here's what we should do instead. In fact, write this down as big number two. He said, We need to build, you need to build your faith on truth. On truth. Now, let's go back to the passage for today. Listen to what it says. It says, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on details about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. And notice, and not holding fast to who? Not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. See, folks, notice that Paul wants us to be sure here, isn't that we're not building our faith on emotionalism, but rather that we're building our faith on Christ and his truth. And, and when we start building our faith on the truth on solid rock, here's what happens, write this down, it's letter A. You then begin to experience reliable emotions. Keyword, reliable emotions. See, church family, here's what I want you to understand. Emotions are not bad. In fact, they are a very critical and a very beautiful part of our relationship with the Lord. You know, going back to the beginning, you know, when, when a building is built or a house is built, you know, yes, it's built on solid rock, but you notice that after a home is built or a building, it's kind of bare. There's a lot of topsoil around it. It's just bare. And what makes it more beautiful is when you use that topsoil to put plants and gardens and trees and bushes and you beautify it. And folks, in many ways, emotions are the same way. You know, our faith is built on truth, but our emotions are a beautiful part of our relationship with Christ. See, the Lord never intended for your walk with him to be boring or just to be emotionless. Instead, God wants us to experience some beautiful emotions in our journey with him. However, and there's a big however, all right? These emotions need to be founded and as a result of God's truth. So, so when you read in God's word, when, when you see the Lord say, for I have plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Listen, on a day that you are discouraged and you read God's truth, listen, you should have emotions of hope, right? God wants you to experience hope in your heart. Or when you read, listen, and we know for those that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, when we are in the midst of trial, perhaps you're in a trial right now in the middle of this COVID 19 season. And so when you read that promise of God that everything taking place is working out for your absolute best, listen, that should give you peace. You should experience the emotion of peace and tranquility in your heart. Or when you read this, when you read that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repails according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions, our sins from us. You know, when you start pondering of all your mistakes, of all the, the trip-ups, of all the, the things that you're ashamed of, all of your sin, and you realize how much God loves you and how he removes all your sin as far as the east is from the west. Listen, that should create in you emotions of joy, emotions of humility, emotions of gratitude to the Lord. See, see. that's why in John chapter 16, listen to what the Lord said really quick. He said, I have said these things to you. Listen, I have given you my truth, my word, so that in me you may have what? Peace. Notice a progression here. I have given you, I have said these things to you, I have given you my word so that you may have peace, so that you may have joy, so that you may have a hope. You see, in fact, the most amazing experiences you will ever have with the Lord is after internalizing God's truth in such a way. Listen, that and you internalize and you understand it, that then you begin to experience all these just incredible emotions. And church family, as your pastor, listen, I'm always very careful in the way that I seek to stir emotions in you. And here's what I mean by that. There's some pastors that may make the following mistake. They might approach a teaching or, or a weekend and they may think their goal could be, I, I just want to rile up my people. I want to create a great experience. I want to you know, um, stir up their emotions. I want to get them pumped up. I wanna, you know, and, and so they create the teachings, they create the whole service with the goal of creating a great experience to stir their emotions. And family, the really good ones, the really talented ones. Listen, they do an incredible job at that. In fact, you may leave church and feeling so excited, and so pumped up, your emotions were stirred. But you know what happens? The next day on Monday morning, when you wake up and you get in your car and you're gonna go to work, all those things are gone, all those feelings are gone. Why? Because you just got caught up in emotion in that service. But the truth wasn't that one, that thing that was really stirring those things in you. See, that's why our teaching team here at Christ Fellowship, listen, our main goal when we approach a teaching, when we approach a worship service, is how to help you clearly understand God's truth. In fact, the reason that we do illustrations, that we do different things in our services, and our teachings, is it is not to entertain you but rather is to help you clearly understand the complex truth in God's word. Because we know that once you understand those truths, once you've internalized those truths in your heart, then you're gonna experience peace. Then you're gonna experience true joy. Then you're gonna experience true um, hope for the future. And so you see family, it's so important that when you truly understand God's word and you start experiencing these emotions, here's what happens next. Write this down as letter B. It then leads to true spiritual growth. True spiritual growth. In fact, let's go back to the passage for one last time. Let's do what it says. It says, holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from who? Right, that is from God. So you notice Paul here stressing that, the o- that only when we hold fast to the head to Christ and His truth is when we're going to experience true spiritual growth, growth that is from God. You see, fake growth comes from emotionalism, but true spiritual growth comes from the truth <clears throat> of God's word. And so for example, if you wanna experience true spiritual growth in the area, in the area of sharing your faith with other people then listen, the answer is not by just hanging out with people who are really passionate about evangelism. Sure, listen, you're going to get inspired. It's going to be great. You're going to learn some things. Absolutely. But you know, when you're not hanging out with those people anymore, all that passion goes away. However, it's not until you truly start understanding God's the way that God saves people that you truly start internalizing all those truths that you start growing spiritually, that you develop a passion for it. You know, when you start understanding that when you start asking people, uh, when you start telling people about the gospel, listen, you're not trying to convince them, but rather God is the one working in their heart. When you understand that, that when, 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 when you share that gospel with people, you know, it's, it's not this whole thing that you're, that you're trying to, you know, get them to come to your side of the, of, of, of the fence and you're trying, you're going back at them, but rather you understand that God is the one who has the ability to open up the eyes of the blind, soften even the hardest heart, and that ultimately God is fully sovereign over the salvation of man. When you truly understand the way God works and the way that God saves people and the way that God uses you, listen, you develop this, this desire to want to share the gospel, this passion. You, you truly then are growing spiritually. Why? Because you understood truth, you experience emotions now, you can truly start growing, all right? So listen, family, if we wanna thrive in a relationship with the Lord and we wanna build our faith properly, let's be sure that we're not building our faith on emotions, but rather on the solid rock of Christ and His truth, amen? Well, so maybe you're out there right now and the reality is that as you're listening to this, you're thinking to yourself, you know, Pastor. The more I listen to, I, I realize that I've been building my life on the topsoil of relationships. I've been building my life on the topsoil of my career. I've been building my topsoil and and on on things like my hobbies. But I realize that all these things are shifty. They're not stable. And today, I want to start building my life on Christ, on the solid rock. So how can I do that? Well, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now you're probably thinking, well, Pastor, how do I call on the Lord? Is it me watching right now? Is this me calling on the Lord? Is me going to a physical campus, a physical location? Is it me signing a paper, doing some sort of ritual? What is it? Well, simple. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God gave His Son to us so that those who would believe in Him and trust Him, those He would have eternal life. And so, see, faith is the key. There has to come a point in your life where you put your faith and trust and surrender to the Lord. And the moment you do that, here's what happens. It's almost like you start putting those beams inside a solid rock. And so if you're out there right now, you're saying, Pastor, I want to put my faith in the Lord. Well, I want to lead you through a prayer. And when you pray this prayer with me, listen, don't pray this to me. I would like to remind you, I'm just a man. I can't do anything for you. I can't save you. But you pray to the Lord, who's waiting to listen to you. And listen, when you come before Him, you put your trust and faith in Him, He'll forgive you of your sins. You will start a relationship with Him. that will never end. And you will start building your life on Christ, right? So pray this with me that's you out there. Father God, today as I just thought, think through everything, Lord, I realize I've built my life on different topsoils, but I've never built my life on solid rock. And so Lord, today I come before you and i put my trust and my faith in you. And I ask you for forgiveness of my sins I ask you to give me everlasting life. And Father, help me now to start building my life on you and not the things of this world. Because for the rest of my life and for all eternity, I want to live my life with you. So Father, save me today and help me to live a life that not only survives my, life, my Christian life, but helps me survive, thrive in my journey with you. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus my pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you came to know the Lord, if you prayed that prayer on this Mother's Day, go ahead and give it up for them. Yeah, listen, we're so excited that you decided to put your trust in Christ. Make sure you go to the website right below me and fill out that form, and one of our pastors will follow up with you and get and help you take, now, take steps with Christ, all right? Well, Christ Fellowship, have a great Mother's Day weekend. I love you all. See you next week as we continue our series, Survive and Thrive.